Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. The absurdity of Bernie Sanders using annual interest rates to demonize payday loans by Nate Thurston. The tweet that inspired the article, at Bernie Sanders, average annual interest rates on payday loans, Delaware, 521%, Idaho, 652%, Nevada, 652%. Texas, 661%. Utah, 652%. Wisconsin, 574%. It's time to end exploitative lending that keeps Americans trapped in debt. We will cap interest rates on consumer loans and credit cards at 15%. On May 10th, 2019. Here's the problem. Payday loans do not have annual interest rates. The normal cost of a payday loan is a fee of $15 per $100 borrowed, more commonly known as 15%. These loans are very short-term, often lasting no more than 14 days. Why would somebody get a payday loan? The point of a payday loan is to aid the borrower in a terrible situation as a last resort. Oftentimes, it's to make a car payment before the car is repossessed, or keep the electricity on long enough to make it until the next payday. The borrower may be facing a costly penalty from their bank, power company, or cell phone company. It's up to the individual to decide if this penalty is better or worse than the $15 fee per $100 for taking out the loan. So why is it commonly asserted that a payday loan carries an interest rate of 300, 500, or even 1,000%? An obvious fact must be taken into account. The short-term loan is meant to be held for a very small amount of time. When you get a payday loan, you are telling the business that you get paid $500 next week, but you need the money right now. The loan is meant to be paid back in one lump sum payment, usually within 14 days. Considering the underwriting expenses, business costs, and general risk of loaning money, the business agrees to loan you that money at a rate of 15 to 20%. Now, the problem begins. What happens if you don't pay back the loan in 14 days? Typically, these loans refresh for another 14-day loan term. This failure to pay back the lender for an entire year, compounded every two weeks, could equal anywhere from 400 to 1,000%. The deceitful nature of the narrative pushed by Bernie Sanders lies with using an annual percentage rate to represent something that's supposed to last no more than two weeks. An easy comparison is to think of a hotel room. A typical hotel room could cost anywhere from $50 to $150 per night. Most people would agree that nightly rate is not exactly predatory. 
when you book an average hotel for the week, you might be agreeing to pay them $300 to $900. All well and good, right? Okay, so what happens when you decide to stay in that room for a year? Well, that could cost you $18,000 to $54,000 over the course of the year. This must be stopped. Why are annual hotel rates so expensive? Where's the outrage about annual hotel rates? After all, you'd be better off to get a home mortgage and pay $14,000 per year towards owning your own property. It must be predatory that a hotel can cost 300 to 500% more annually than owning your own home. There's no outrage because we all know that a hotel room is meant for short-term usage, not the entire year. In fact, if you wanted to cap hotel rates at the cost of the average mortgage, hotels would be able to charge no more than $40 per night. Subsequently, most of them would close and we'd be left with terrible, dingy hotels as our only option. Money as a value. Perhaps the best way of viewing the situation is by viewing money as a valued commodity. Money has a value after all. Roughly, the value of a $100 bill is $100. Consider the tool rental department at the Home Depot. Let's say you're going to rent a pressure washer to clean the exterior of your home. The standard rental rate for this piece of equipment is $90 a day. That's not bad considering the cheapest decent pressure washer would set you back around $400. And you only need a pressure washer about once a year. Now, we've agreed to take home a product worth $400 and return a product worth $400 the next day. In addition, we've paid a rental fee of $90 for each day we have that product. If Bernie Sanders felt the urge, he could tweet about Home Depot charging an annual interest rate of 8,100% to rent a pressure washer. The logic-based conclusion. This same logic must be applied to short-term payday loans. These loans are given out at two-week rates, and every two weeks, the rate is charged again. In other words, they charge you a fee of $15 to rent $100 from them for two weeks. And every two weeks, you continue to rent that same $100, they are going to charge a rental rate of $15 per $100. It's easy to see how this $100 loan can balloon since $15 every two weeks will cost you $390 in fees over the course of a year. This final total of $490 can now be presented by a do-gooder politician as an annual APR of 391%. Here's where legislators like Bernie Sanders and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez arrive to save the day. BS and AOC are now pushing the cap payday loans at a 15% APR. As great as this may seem, they are failing to see the obvious results this legislation will, will create. If you are a lender, what is the point of loaning out $100 at an APR of 15%? Quick math will tell you over the course of the loan you will make a whopping $15. If the borrower holds up their end of the deal and pays within 14 days, the lender will receive a total of $0.57 cents in interest. This means the business is loaning out $100 in the hopes of ending with $100.57 in two weeks. Ask yourself a simple question. Would you loan a stranger with a history of poor financial decisions $100 so you can make $0.57? Cents? Could you build a business off of doing this? Even someone without a business degree can tell you the outcome in this scenario. 
The numbers you need to keep your business open won't add up when you're getting less than a dollar from the people that actually pay back the loan inside the agreed upon term. What if we use math to judge a policy proposal? Keep in mind that if you loan out $100 to 10 people, it's not a guarantee that all 10 will repay the loan or return the product when using the flawless Home Depot analogy from above. If you are making a loan based on collateral using a title, a home mortgage, or anything else you might give to the lender as a guaranteed payment in the event that you fail to pay back the loan, you can afford a lower interest rate. Side note, collateral is also what separates the low interest rate home loan from the high interest on a credit card or student loan. A payday loan is given with no collateral, meaning if two of the borrowers fail to pay, you now have to make up that money from the remaining eight. That means, if two fail to pay, you must charge, at the very least, $25 in interest to each borrower just to break even on the entire process. If you want to make the original 15% from the $1,000 you loaned out, that was $100 to 10 people, plus a 15% APR equaling $1,150, you now need to make $350 from the remaining eight individuals to reach that original $1,150 return target. Already, we've landed at a 40% APR that must be charged to reap the original 15% return target. What happens to the interest rate when three or four of the borrowers fail to pay? To make matters more complicated, all of those numbers were if the loans made at the proposed 15% regulation were held through the entire term. If some of the borrowers actually pay back the loan upon receipt of their next paycheck, you'd receive 57 cents in interest from those individuals. So now back to our 10 loans of $100 scenario. If the mandate is 15%, that means we are looking for $1,150 total repayment from these 10 loans. If two of the borrowers fail to pay, you're now needing $1,150 from eight borrowers. If five people fail to pay when they get their next paycheck, you will get $100.57 times five. That will equal $502.85 from those five people when they pay upon receipt of their next paycheck. You now need to earn $647 more from the remaining three borrowers. Divided out, we'll need $215 from each remaining borrower. That's a minimum APR of 115% necessary to actually make the mandated 15% APR on your original $1,000. As if that wasn't head-spinning enough, we didn't take into account the lender's taxes, labor costs, or legal fees. The regulated results. Proposals like this will either end in the closure of short-term loan businesses, or at the least the minimum amount the borrower can borrow. More than likely, the minimum would land around $1,000, so they can actually make something from the 15% annual interest rate being proposed. Remember, every loan carries with it a cost. It is a legal document, after all. So, if at the very least your cost per loan is $25, you won't see very many short-term loans available for the person that needed $100 to pay the electric bill before the lights get shut off. The most obvious consequence, however, is the fact that if the interest rate is capped, the first response is to stop lending to customers considered high-risk. If two out of every 10 borrowers fail to repay the loan, the business model is immediately insolvent. Therefore, those deemed too risky at the proposed 15% rate will not be approved for the loan. 
this wouldn't be the first time a government policy that harmed a specific group it was supposed to help. Furthermore, there may be some people that can handle the risk of losing money on these loans. You guessed it, the big banks. Don't you love it when the government torpedoes a small business industry? No? Well, the big businesses do. A big business's best friend is government regulation. That's a topic for another day. Repeating theme. The common message we see from today's politicians is that individuals no longer carry within them the responsibility to make good decisions throughout their lives. Every new policy is another assertion that you, the simpleton, need the great rulers to tell you how to live your life. Try this out as a viable socioeconomic theory. The best course for the advancement of our society is the removal of all negative consequences that follow poor decision-making. That doesn't sound like a great long-term path to me either. Final thoughts. Payday loans are dangerous and expensive. If you're so far behind that you need a payday loan, it's on you and only you to understand the risk involved. But if you sign a line promising to pay someone money within two weeks, whose responsibility is it to see things through? Live within your means, or at the very least, don't make promises you can't keep.